Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, where we discuss all things thought work and manifestation, but we use neuroscience and the study of the brain to do so. I'm your host, Tessa Spizak. I'm a board-certified practitioner, master life and health coach, and seasoned executive speaker. If you're ready to create your highest value lifestyle and turn your dream life into a reality, you're in the right place. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, hello, my loves, and welcome in. It is officially our second episode of season four here on the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast. If you listened to last week's conversation, you heard that this season is all about the functional aspect of our holistic health. And just as a reminder, I do know what I'm talking about. I am a board-certified holistic practitioner and a functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner. So What that means is this is going to be a really informative, but really fun season. I have been doing this for the longest time for myself. I have been helping people do this for themselves for nearly just as long. And I'm really confident that by the end of this season, you're going to feel really good about the choices that you're making and how you're aiding in your functional health by what you do with your body and, of course, what you put into it. So I do have to start by saying thank you so, so much for every single one of you who spends your time with me every single week having a conversation about lifestyle development. But if you're new here, welcome to our community and to our conversation. Don't forget, you got to hit that subscribe button so that you are always part of our conversation and do make sure to share this podcast with a friend or on your social media stories if it resonates with you or could help someone that you know. Just as a reminder, last week we did go through that main floor, basically that base foundation of things you just have to do to keep your body working. And this week, I'm going to share with you how I handle my own functional health, what that's grown to look like on a day-to-day for someone who is heavily trained in the subject, and why I implement these things into my life, and how you can use these or you know, implement something similar into your own life. So like I said, quick refresher, our super base foundation here. You can remember it with my cheesy little four S's. It's your stress, having some kind of stress management. When we have way too much stress, it increases the cortisol in our bodies. And when we hold stress for too long, it can even affect your nervous system, make you essentially stuck in that fight or flight response. We also need to focus on our sleep. Make sure you are letting your body rest so that it can heal and do what it needs to do. Plus, when your brain is exhausted, you probably just don't have the physical or mental energy to do what needs to be done to be who you need to be. Another one is steps and getting some movement just for our overall health. We really need good blood flow. This is so important for releasing our endorphins and It really strengthens every part of the body, everything from our bones to our endocrine system. And lastly, get some sips. Our body needs water, my friends. There are so many of us in just about every study. It assumes basically the majority of the population is chronically underhydrated, which just wreaks havoc on everything, including your metabolism, your adrenaline, and your energy overall. So that's base level. 
But here is my next layer. This is what I have grown to consider my base level as well. And here are five things, and I'll walk you through why I add them, how I add them, and if you want to add them into your own life, here's how. So first and foremost, I think this is a really great place to start. I like to come from a place of empowerment for everything. Everything that I let into my body, and we aren't talking about specifically food and drinks or anything here just yet, I'm really conscious about anything that I consume, including entertainment. I mean, I, for instance, don't listen to derogatory music or music that makes me feel a type of way. Music and what you listen to over and over is basically like an affirmation to your brain. So I pay really close attention to how I feel and what's being repeated back to me. I have a really great playlist that's all really empowering, really good affirmations. It's still got a good beat, all of that, but I'm not trying to let something play on repeat in my head that I would not say to myself. Another one is the movies that I watch. I love to watch a good movie. Don't get me wrong. My husband and I have this really cool like theater style room in our house, and we tend to go all out, but he knows when we're picking something, there's a couple things to look out for. Like, I love a scary movie or a suspenseful movie, especially anything that makes you think. But if it's really dark in a way that I don't like dark or depicts something that I really don't want in my headspace, I don't want to watch that. And not to get too far into it, but I am a woman and I really don't like to watch anything with a forced style scene. You know, we're not diving into that, but anything like that, it's just a personal limit that again, I don't want that in my headspace. This also goes into the social media accounts and things like that that I follow, things that I get newsletters of, all of that. I really do make sure that what I'm looking at and what I'm feeding into my brain, it's good for me right? If I feel bad about something that either someone is saying or doing, what have you, I'm really going to try not to listen to that and allow that to have my focus. For another one on that, I think there's a time and a place for me personally to dive into things like politics, right? I really have a big interest in politics and the things that go on in the world. I'm really involved, but I'm also very emotionally involved So say if I find out something that just feels egregious and I'm learning about this early in the morning, then it's really going to fill up my head for the rest of the day because I'm going to want to figure that out. I mean, this is all about empowerment and understanding yourself. So as a little caveat to that, something I've learned about myself is my brain does not like question marks or unanswered things. Kind of my my joke is that that's why I have a lot of random knowledge is I just want an answer. I don't like open-ended questions. So that just means I pay attention to when I take in things like politics or world affairs that could potentially, you know, put me in a state of mind that is not conducive to what I want. Okay, so that's number one. I just pay attention to everything that goes into my body, including media and entertainment. These things can be like affirmations. I'm just really mindful of what's repeated to me in my headspace. On a second one, another one that I really pay attention to is my environment. And that's like the space around me. 
You know the saying, um, a cluttered space is a cluttered mind? Yeah, that one's me. Even if I don't realize it, like I'm not looking at some untended mess or things that need to get done, what have you, it is really going to throw my energy off. I've learned for me that I really like a good cohesive flow and keeping it tidy really does that. So even if it's something as simple as when I'm done with my day, any work I need to get done here in my office, I always make sure to clean my desk, make it look really nice and inviting for the next morning. Again, even if I don't really notice in that moment, Coming to a clean desk that is so pretty, aesthetically pleasing, makes me a little more excited for the day. And something as simple as, you know, just kind of a mess around my space, I'm not going to feel as much in flow. So that's really important. And I mean, bonus points, I never stress or panic when I can't find what I what I need because everything has a home. So that's another comforting feeling. I like that for me. Basically, I really tend to the comfort in my areas. Like I said, my home office, uh, my side of the bathroom where all my products and skincare and makeup is. I keep that really clean and aesthetically pleasing because it's just good for my headspace. And this makes everything feel a little bit more luxury to me. Remember, luxury does not have to be expensive. Luxury does not have to be about price because luxury is an experience. And I am a Taurus, so I like luxury and I try to keep all of my experiences, even if it's something as simple as my nightly skincare routine or me getting set up for my day, I really like to keep that luxurious and lovely. On that note, my third one, one of the pillars of myself is my self-care is a very nurturing practice that is very important to me. And I do put it on a bit of a pedestal. Treating yourself special is so good, not only for your emotional health and your mental health, but even your physical health as well. So choosing to give that time to yourself is not only honoring you, right? But you get so many more rewards in terms of how it affects you. So every morning, every night, I really do like to carve out this little time that's just for me. And it's for caring for me. That's it. I personally like to outfit the outside of my body with things that look pretty as well. Like I keep saying, we are a very aesthetically pleased species. So I work with how my brain actually works, right? I know I absolutely do not need a manicure or a pedicure, but I work with my hands a lot. I've got my hands on camera, things like that, and it makes me happy. I like to see my fingers and toes, my cuticles look all pretty and clean, and that gives me a little confidence boost. It, for me, is kind of a reminder that, hey, I loved myself. I spent this time. I spent this money. If I go get my nails done, what have you, just like a bubble bath right? I love to relax in a bubble bath or get a massage. For me, it's very, okay, body, you have been working and bringing me through all of this through XYZ. We've been working out, we've been doing the things, but now I'm going to care for my body so that it can very much care for me. 
As you can see, I am in this season very much of a girly feminine aesthetic, but it's working for me. I'm really enjoying this side of my feminine energy. I'm all about the good smells, the natural, lovely lotions. I even have a lavender spray that I spray when I make the bed in the morning. I put cucumbers in my water when I think of it, right? I'm doing all of these things that none of them are necessary. And there was a point in my life where I would definitely consider this to be, I guess you could say, a bit frivolous, but I have learned there is such a payoff for giving myself just that little bit of time. And again, it can be very quick, very simple. It doesn't have to be something like a manicure that can take hours out of your day. It depends on your schedule. I know that mine has ebbs and flows, and sometimes I only get what feels like seconds for these things. And there are other times that I can kind of dive in head first and give myself that carved out time to do it regularly. So say you are really, really busy right now. Maybe you're a busy parent or a student, and you're, you're going through a point in your life where you feel like you do not have the extra time or the extra funds to spare. I don't want you to write off the step. This really could be as simple as being mindful and present in the things that you already do. Actually take three seconds when you are rushing out of the door to take a deep breath and taste that coffee or taste that tea that you made before you chug it, right? If you are, again, running out the door, take a second to notice the sun and feel it on your skin. And really that only takes one second. This doesn't have to be lengthy or expensive, but here's something that I think a lot of people need to hear. Sometimes the things that we have been conditioned to feel like they are selfish, they're actually incredibly selfless in the long term or in the bigger picture. If you follow me on TikTok at Coach Tessa, you might have heard a few months ago, I did a little series where I was answering a lot of questions on this topic and my message that I wanted to hit home with everyone was as simple as this. You cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Or if your cup is only full of stress and frustration, overwhelm, fill in the blank, what the heck do you think you're pouring onto others? Take that second. If that's all you got, take that second and fill your cup back up. It's important for you, yes, but if you're stuck on this idea of this being selfish, remember, everyone and everything around you that depends on you depends on you having something in your cup. All right, next, number four. I try so hard with this one, and of course, it's something that I really can't be perfect with, but it's so important to me. So number four, so important, I avoid lying to myself at all costs. I think I could do a whole session on just this part alone, but you guys, seriously, stop lying to yourself. If you tell yourself all day that you're going to do XYZ, right? And then you don't, and you continue to do that, your brain is going to start associating your words as meaningless. You're really going to lose the ability to properly motivate yourself. And that in itself creates so much stress and anxiety and mental anguish within your own head. 
Basically, if you are constantly doing things that break your own word to yourself, when you try to do anything that's outside of your comfort zone, your brain isn't just going to freak out about doing something new. It's also going to freak out because it has learned and become familiar with your pattern and trajectory. That basically it turns into this spiral, that there's something that you don't like about yourself or your life and it's making you uncomfortable. So you decide to change it and you promise yourself that you're going to do something different. Then you end up not doing the thing that you said you were going to do. Now we're back at the beginning with there's something in your life that's causing you discomfort. So you want to change something and the cycle repeats. So if I say something as simple as I'm going to go to the grocery store after my coaching sessions, right? I need food for a fresh meal tonight, but say I have really intense sessions and I'm super tired and super drained, I still do my best to remember this, right? Remember that I had promised myself. And even if I can't do that thing, I still find an acceptable replacement. Maybe I will order groceries and do a pickup or have them shipped to my house, something like that. But if I feel myself being pulled to just blow it off or, you know, looking through Uber Eats or something along these lines, instead of going to the grocery store, making my meal, doing what I plan to do, I really try to catch it right there. Or say I promise myself that I really want to try this new workout class, but I keep putting it off and I don't go. Then I really want to change that. And that's even more motivating for me to go because I don't want my brain to think I lie to myself. And the other half of this part is also learning to stop overcommitting. If I don't know if I can get to something, then I really am trying to be honest with myself about that all the time and not over schedule myself, overbook myself to the point where I feel bad, like I am unsuccessful or wasn't determined enough or whatever, fill in the blanks. But this also comes to other people, right? This is an important thing. If someone asks something of me, I used to immediately say yes. Very people pleaser of me, right? Just immediately say yes without checking if I have the capacity or even if I knew that I didn't. So what would happen is I would have to forego either the things that I needed for me or whatever else I needed to do. Or my other option was feel bad about letting it fall through. And I'd probably already feel bad if I'm doing it without time, without the capacity to do it, because it's not going to be the best work. And honestly, if there are people listening now and you are in your people-pleasing era, here's your reminder and my promise to you that seriously, people don't mind. Or at least they really shouldn't. If they do mind that you say, hey, I genuinely cannot do this, then It might be worth evaluating that relationship or why they think they can respond that way. Most people will really value your honesty if you say, hey, I can't get to that. And if I try, it's not going to be my best work because I don't have the time. Because then they're able to either help, redirect, or again, they can just be grateful that you were honest about it and they can plan otherwise. So just a reminder, both sides of the equation Do not lie to yourself and make your brain not trust you and do not overcommit to what you can't do and don't forego what you told yourself that you are going to do. And lastly, 
Obviously, we have to talk about nutrition and diet when it comes to functional health, but I apply the same mindfulness to what I eat and drink and how I eat and drink to everything else I've talked about in the previous four. I choose my food and my diet and my whole personal culture around what I eat and what I do with the sense of empowerment, and I make sure it's all in my control. I intentionally choose foods that are really nourishing. I've chosen for my life and in my body, I want the best foods, the most nourishing foods, the most natural foods. And this isn't like I have a long list of bad foods that I don't eat. It's just that as a person, it is part of my identity that I like to go with the healthier option, the things that are going to put more gas in my tank and make me feel better. I have chosen to like eating foods that are not processed or minimally processed, and I'm conscious with the choice. I really don't give in to boredom eating or stress eating because it doesn't help and it throws me off for the day, and I recognize it in my life as that, as something that's not helpful, as just a substitute, so I don't do that. Instead, I eat with intention. And again, I do want to make it clear that I'm not saying like, oh, I only eat the perfectly healthy foods, right? I love a chocolate chip cookie just as much as the next guy, but I am also aware that I am much more powerful than something like cookies. I have decided within my personal headspace, had this conversation that I'm not someone who will really allow myself to mindlessly grab a bag of cookies and accidentally eat the whole thing while scrolling on social media or watching a show because it doesn't help me in any way. I'm going to be annoyed with myself. I'm not going to feel good because of all of the sugar and stuff like that. I'm just not going to be happy with it. So instead, if I want a cookie, I'm going to sit there, taste it, enjoy it, and be happy with it. And if I want another one, then I'll have another one but I'm in control of that. I am mindful, again, just like everything else with it's what I am putting into my body in terms of media and entertainment, what's around my body, what's in my headspace. I'm just mindful as well that the foods and the drinks and the things that I'm putting in are good for me. I really think of food as fuel. And I also listen to my body on what it needs and essentially just try to stay in the driver's seat. I know I'm someone when, I guess on the other end of the spectrum, when I get really stressed, I do not want to eat. I just feel gross and yuck and I don't want to do it. And I have to remind myself that, hey, I don't want my body running on fumes with no nutrients. So I'm going to make something anyway, right? I'll grab a smoothie or I have you know, shared this with my husband and I let him help me that, hey, if I'm having a really long day or really bad day or something, I am not going to want to eat and I need help and support. So he's come up with this really simple, non-offensive, very balanced, lots of veggies, little sandwich that I can seem to always manage even when my appetite is long gone. Another thing I think is really important is I have broken up with any food rules that don't serve me, right? I don't play the clean plate rule. I don't believe in, you know, you can't have leftovers. I think we should just really listen to our body here. And this is something that I hear a lot is this idea of people who did grow up with a clean plate rule of there's this almost mental point of no return in a lot of meals where 
either there's enough that there's leftovers going in the Tupperware, going home, whatever, or you're going to finish it. And sometimes when you land right in the middle, you end up being too full, uncomfortable. So I just, I don't play with those rules. If I just have a few bites left, let it be. If I am hungry later on and I need something, then let it be. I don't deal with food rules. I am in the driver's seat here. But one of the rules I guess I've added for myself or something that I really pay attention to is just balance on my plates. And of course it goes a lot deeper than this, but as a pillar for my meals overall, I really do care about balance. I want some combination of all three macronutrients, our protein, fat, carbs, those three are pretty standard in just about all of my meals, right? Because when you're too low on one or have too much of one, again, it just doesn't feel good. You might feel really off in your body or get weird cravings or anything along those lines. So I just pay attention to keeping balance, taking inventory on what I've had and what I need. And this does come with practice. So if you don't really know what I mean yet in this next part, that's okay. We'll be getting into it. But I also like to pay attention to those three if I'm going to need protein, fat, or carbs, right? So if I'm physically feeling really tired and heavy, like I just don't want to move, well, then I know I probably need some fat and vitamins. So fruit and nuts is really great, something along those lines. If I feel really brain dead or just super foggy, I know I need to go get some carbs. Or if I'm feeling empty and my joints and things are just not feeling so hot, well, my next meal is definitely having protein. And I do care about the quality of those ingredients. I personally have experimented with what kind of ways I like to eat, and I am personally plant-based. Um, I have been about five years now, and for me, it actually just started where I was trying out new eating styles. I've been wor really working on healing my thyroid since I was young, young, talking preteen age, and I was going to go plant-based for 30 days. Felt so good. I was so excited to see what would happen in 90 days, and now it's been over five years. Whole food plant-based just means I really limit my processed foods, I don't eat meat, and I do avoid dairy and eggs to the best of my ability. I'm not saying that everyone needs to or should do that. Actually, through my study, I think the Mediterranean diet is the superior diet for human beings, but again, for another day. But really, when it comes to these things, it's all about me being in control. These are my five big pieces and big pillars of my own functional health. It's staying empowered over my body and how I move through this life. I hope you learned something new or at least got a little bit of inspiration for your own life. And of course, if you need help implementing these or other changes in your life, you can absolutely reach out to me for help. I would be honored to be on this journey with you. You can find me at www.purposefullifestyledevelopment.com. I've got some popular packages um, and sessions there, but if you don't see something you like or would be most helpful to you, you can message me directly at info at purposefullifestyledevelopment.com or follow me on social at Coach Tessa or Coach Tessa PLD. 
But all right, my loves, that's where I'll leave us today. I want to thank you so much for joining in on this conversation with me. And each week, every Monday, we're going to be posting a new episode going a little bit deeper into the conversation of what you can do to train your brain on purpose to really allow for the lifestyle that you want to live. Until next time, my loves, in the meantime, here's to your health and your happiness. Thank you.